Okay, and welcome everybody to our Thursday, May 18th uh, resolutions meeting. Um, this is celebrating Happy Global Accessible Awareness Day to everybody. Yay. Yes. Um, exciting stuff. So, um, that being said, let's uh, jump right into resolving. And uh, I think I see most of the folks here. Probably I see more people here for the uh, oh, resolution. Everybody's here for these. Right, this is great. Yeah. Yeah, I think I see a bunch of large, a bunch of folks here for the large print, uh, the large print books resolution. So should we jump in on? We could. So this is one. large print books. And I think that one's number nine. And number nine. Number nine. So we'll take a numerical <laughs> order tonight. What a crazy concept. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's right. All right. Are we ready to go? I think we're ready. Let's okay, go let's go. And actually, just to let folks know, we're going to do these two resolutions, and then we're going to uh, take up a, a bit of a hearing, I guess, um, at the end of it. So um, stay tuned for that. All right, go ahead. All right. Whereas only 10% of those individuals who are legally blind have no useful vision, and whereas many individuals with some vision can and do read books that are available in large print, and whereas many public libraries and a few regional libraries in the National Library Service NLS system make large print books available, and whereas no consistent system of distribu for distribution of large print books specifically aimed at meeting the needs of people with low vision is currently available and whereas NLS currently distributes Sorry, I'm not going to talk much just because there's a lot going uh, on. Someone, oh, well, someone needs to be muted, folks. Sorry. I can start muting people if I have to, but I don't know who to safely mute. Yeah, them, that so. was Michael, I think. Whereas yeah, okay. NLS currently distributes talking books and braille books and some circulars in large print. And whereas the uh, Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, CCLVI, is a national organization dedicated to championing the needs of people with some existing vision and now are and now, therefore, be it resolved um, by the American Council of Blind, etc. I'm skipping down. Um, okay. that this organization, in conjunction with its affiliate CCLVI, expresses our belief that making large print materials available to people with some vision is just as important as making recorded and braille materials available to other people with visual impairments and be it further resolved that ACB and CCLVI hereby request that the National Library Service undertake a study to explore the feasibility of making large print books available through its regional libraries or through a system similar to the quote, Braille Books on Demand, unquote, system currently in place at the national level, and be it further resolved that NLS be encouraged to report its findings to the 2024 Convention of the American Council of the Blind and in other resolutions we have eliminated the in Jacksonville, Florida part. 
because it's also virtual. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's it. Amen. Right. This resolution. Amen. <clears throat> Very good job. Um, I saw Patty and uh, I think Zelda, so either and probably others that I don't know about. But do you two want to kind of speak to this resolution for a minute before I have committee members jump in on it? Are we taking raised hands now, or is just the committee talking? Oh, well, first of all, I'm trying to see if... Uh, Patty's uh, got her hand up, so we'll take Patty that. Or yeah. Zelda, so yeah. yeah. Okay. Say, so if either of them is ones with hands raised, let's... I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I, I'm not used to the order of how we're supposed to do things here, so I'm not yeah, trying to... It's okay. That's Patty. okay. We're Can you all hear me? Because we're all yes. making it up as we're going. We hear you, Patty. We hear you. Yep. Hello, Patty. Um... So this came about when I was at the DC leadership conference and um, Jason was speaking and everything was about Braille and audio. And um, I'm one that doesn't read screens. I do not use Braille and I do not listen to audio. Um, I, my preference is to, um, to read the large print. And so I did a little bit of searching myself, but when I have, um, when I've gone to a library to get large print books, if you get into a series, you definitely don't get all of them. Um, you know, it could be two years before you get all of them. Um, and so I had talked to him and, um, I just, I, I feel that we need this just so that we can keep them on their toes. Uh, he was supposed to get back to me and we haven't talked but twice and I feel that we need something so we can either get a study going or get some movement with large print. All right. Sounds good. Any questions from committee members to start with? Yeah, I, I have a couple. Um, Two, the easiest one. Uh, Patty, do you have an issue with taking 2024 out and putting at the earliest reasonable possible time or something like that? Because I'm not sure how long it's going to take to do this kind of a study bureaucratically. And I, I don't know that I'm comfortable. I'd like to see results by then, but I'm not sure this is a real difficult topic in some ways. It's important. So I, I'm kind of hesitant about the date. Um, I would like to see, just so we know uh, where they're at with the study, you know, at least they need to make a report. In my opinion, okay. we need a so report progress. by 2024. A, a report would be fine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would say that would probably get more into the kind of editing of the resolution. Yeah, so. that's right. But that, yeah. but that's a big difference, and I can I right. like that. Um, and the other thing is, is it would it be fair to have a whereas clause that said that um, you know members of CC CLVI have approached um, you know the NLS. Uh, director about conducting such a study is that 
something we could put in there without would that be an honest statement if we put it in that is an honest statement okay all right that's all my questions thank you okay thanks anyone else this is chris i thought there was a gpo problem or something or i'm misremembering this huh a what a what government printing office problem that that was barring no that's a different from issue yeah, yeah, that was that was. I think we talked about that last year with the with regards to the uh, printing of the talking book topics. Book topics. Catalog, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So is it that that they that NLS just isn't producing? I don't. What what's the? Why are we not getting large print books? That's what I don't understand. That's what we'd like to know. <laughs> yeah, this is Alice. I, it surprises me because, of course, I'm old. But I remember back in the day when I still read large print, I used to get all my books that way from um, NLS and it w even series like because, of course, back then I was reading the Little House on the Prairie series. So it's I'm interested to know what happened to all those books. So, yeah, so is it that they're just not producing them or they're not producing very many of them? Well, it makes me My, wonder if they're even being offered. Chris's question. So, well, and, and you makes you wonder if they're offered because they've never even offered me large yeah. print, and I would like large print. And it never, it's never. I never even knew they could do mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and that's the. I, I guess that's what we're trying to ask Patty here. Is you know, Patty, do you know are they just not producing any books in large print, or are they not producing? Well, it says here they're producing some circulars. That's what it says in the resolution. I don't know what a circular is. Can, we, can, we, try to give, can, we, can we try to give no. Patty a second to answer? So in doing a little bit of research, just my own library, um, mm -hmm. you can call the library um, and they tell you, well, you can come in and check out our large print section. Not everybody can get to a library. Um, a lot of people can't get to the library. And then what do you do once you get there? Patty, are you um, talking about your NLS library or your local public library? No, that's the local. That's the local public library. Is where you get large print books. Now, when I talked but, to Jason, what about NLS? When I talked to Jason, Jason said they do not send out large print books. That oh, was because, his statement. Sure, used to. Some NLS libraries do, and some NLS libraries don't, but it's not done through NLS. If some do and some don't, it sounds like it comes from the state, not the national organization. And some do send it out, send it out to people. I, I know that Vermont sends large print books out during the pandemic. They sent them a little further than Vermont, but they've kind of drawn that back a little bit. So they will send books to, uh, you know, the, the area around, you know, in Vermont, but they don't send them across the country. Right. Huh. Okay. So is the state NLS, the, are the state libraries under the control of NLS? Not exactly. No, they can do if they want to have a separate program for large print books and some to have it. Yeah. Right. State funded. Yes. I mean, they're usually part of state, the state library system. Right. Okay. Well, well, if I want to go beyond what 
if they want to go beyond what NLS does, they can if they have the state funding for it, right? The key word in here, I think, is system. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And, and what you're asking here, Patty, is for NLS to start doing it, not rely on the states to do it, correct? Correct. Okay. Right. Any other questions? Hey, this this is Zelda. Yeah. And and I, I think yeah, this Zelda. resolution is just basically to let them know that there is a need for large print books, mm-hmm. um, that not everybody um, prefers their books in audio or braille. Um, mm-hmm. and and that we would appreciate if they could coordinate with their, you know, their their state or regional libraries and make large print books available um however they would you know however they can and and that it would be nice if there was some consistency um in how that was handled um but right i mean i don't know you want more than consistency you want to get the large print books you could have a consistent system where you know you don't get them Well, they say that the resolution actually says it could be like the Braille Books on Demand program. I think I think the 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 makers of this resolution and don't let me put words in your mouth, but I think that they realize that getting the same system that we have for you know digital books and Braille is not going to happen, or it's not likely to happen. But getting something. It is important, and I think that's kind of what the resolution almost implies without wanting to say it. Could I ask a question or put something forward? This is Carla. Sure. Go ahead, Carla. Okay. All right. I think if we look at how the system, the NLS system has developed over the years, it started out as recorded books. Um, And... Then Braille books, it started dis- distributing Braille books. Initially, it did not include children's books. Those came many years after the system began. It did not include tapes. Um, and then things switched over to tape. It didn't include the current digital formats. And it didn't include e-readers because they didn't exist back then. So the system has changed over the years. And... Um, therefore, and some states have have acknowledged the need for large print, and the need for large print is going to increase because of the numbers of people who are the, the increase in the elderly population and the number of people who are not, um, though, even though they're losing their vision, they are not transitioning many times to audio, and they also obviously are not transitioning to Braille. So I think that uh, a good that I think Jeff's comment about the similarity to Braille on demand is really a very good thought because if they have digital books, um, you know, if if a book is in a digital format it would seem that it would be possible to um, without a, a, a lot of a huge expense to transform it into a book that could be produced in large print and sent in a similar, a similar fashion. Now, if that 
were the case, that would be a, a much more individualized program. It would mean that they wouldn't have to change a law to do it, probably. And um, it might be much more doable in the future. I, I agree with you, Jeff. I don't think we're going to get a, a change where they have every book available. Uh, shoot, we don't have every, every book available sitting on a shelf in Braille at this point. Um, they are going more and more to digital formats. If we could get that to happen in a large print format and it could be produced and sent to someone, I, I that that could be. Oh, so what is what is your suggestion on this, Carla? Can I say something? Yeah, hold, I hold on, hold on. I'm trying to to find out <clears throat> with all of that being said. Are you suggesting something different than what's in this resolution right now? Well, I, I'm just suggesting that perhaps we could make sure that 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 is included uh, in that resolution. We might need to add some wording or change some wording a little bit. It's in there, Carla, right now. The yeah. okay. on-demand reference. So I, yeah, I think it's it great. I about, do pass. Yeah, talk, I do too. I second that. Okay. And I think it was Pat that I heard, and it, then let's we'll see yeah. if there's any other hands yeah. that are raised. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, there's three. Got that. Okay. Was that Pat I heard? In 2017, the Literacy Project donated several large print books to the NLS, and it, it is distributed top down. And what the answer to the question, how did this happen? What happened is that they relied on certain vendors to make available at a less costly rate certain Braille materials. They simply have not connected with some of the uh, publishers like LRS in Los Angeles to produce these books. It is possible to introduce large print books because they accepted them and I dealt with Tamara Rory. But large yeah, print is I'm not... Hearing, I'm hearing her saying that large print is impossible. So, okay, thank you. Who's next? Thank you. All right. You said... Can I make one more comment, Gabe? Um, okay, go ahead. There, okay, there's so, one thing that okay. Carla said that 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 got me really thinking. So we she went through the timelines basically of how um, formats have changed for Braille and 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 audio. But you know, there's one thing that hasn't changed. And that's large print. I mean, it's it's been the same uh, throughout. So. Um, I, I think maybe if I'm not wrong, um, she was saying to put something in the resolution. Um, I know the resolution says that like the on demand, but would we not want to put a little more in there of a, not a demand or a must or a shall, but something that would kind of push towards that a little more than what's in there. I think it doesn't limit itself to the Braille on demand, but let we, we can certainly read through it again and see. Yeah. yeah that was saying, an we're going to go through it clause by clause. So we'll, okay. we'll talk yeah. about, we can definitely talk about that more when we get to that section. All right. And who was, who was it? That was our hand. Renee has her hand up. Yep. Renee. Oh. Yes. All right. Thank you. 
Okay, um, remember, folks, when we talk about when we're calling for committee members, then that's your time to speak up, okay? Go ahead, Renee. No, it's all right. I didn't think of it uh, at that point, to tell you the, the truth. All right, well, this, yeah. All right, this, in the We inter- try to have committee members speak first, and then this is the time that we try to have folks that are not on the committee. Go ahead. Um, in the interest of the Paper Reduction Act, would it be possible to put something in the resolution to the effect that when possible, if libraries could distribute e-readers as they do um, talking book uh, machines so that uh, when people get their books in print, because there are various degrees in large print, for example, those the, the smallest print I could read is 24 point. I can't. I. I can. I can just about make out eighteen point, but in. But in the. But could we add something like that to the resolution? And I'm sorry I didn't think of it until along in the conversation. Can you hear me? This is Michael Malver. Yes. <laughs> Hold on, Michael. Yes, we can hear you. Um, maybe we could talk about that. Might you know? I, Patty and, and Zelda and them can speak to that more, but I think when they, that would probably change the scope of the resolution because it'd be calling for development of whole new technology that isn't necessarily well, as an addition. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's going to take is asking time for a study, and that's where right. they're want to yeah. find yeah. out what the actual need is and what's out yeah. there and what the options are. Because well, I think we're just kind of guessing. Right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So if we could have this as part of the part of the study, it's just a question to be answered. Mm. <clears throat> Again, it's calling for technology that's not there, and I think it'd be going beyond the, you know, or my my thought would be that it's going on the scope of of what's well, in this resolution. We'll agree right to disagree. Okay. I think you All need. Right. We can talk about it as we get when we get yeah. into the editing of the resolution. Yeah, ask Who, the makers of the resolution that they that yeah. they have. But but let's can we can we maybe talk about that more? I'm trying to move this discussion ahead. I understand. Go more. ahead. Or carry oh. on. Who, who do we Michael have up was next? next? Michael was next. I, I have two thoughts. First of all, um, I love the idea of the resolution. I would love to see something a little punchier than we believe. Like, I, I would love to see it more in the form of an ask. I love kindness, but I, I do think a little more force would be nice. But the thing that worries me is not a lot of people know how to read Braille. Nobody can listen to audio without a specialized player. I'm concerned as to whether large print on a national level would be considered a specialized format. And maybe the study would answer that question, but that's my one reservation. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do the resolution at all, but that's my one concern. If large print would be considered a specialized format? Well, it is in, in it is in every other context I know. Right. Is it? Because I was thinking. Yeah, like, I don't know why it could, wouldn't be. It, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, I was thinking like nobody could format. read my Braille books, but theoretically, people could use my large print books. If there's no. Every place I've ever looked, large print is a, a, a specialized accommodation. So. Um, I don't see why it wouldn't be recognized. And, as a, and some libraries do send them out. Yeah, on their own, they don't. No. They don't go through NLS. They just. Yeah, no, no. I, I understand that. I was just thinking nationally. I wonder if there might be an issue with the fact that they'd be. That's what they the would figure out in the study. 
Yeah. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. I just thought I would raise the, okay. the concern because yeah. to me it is a concern, right. but it's it, not a and did concern. We, did we have any other raised hands from anyone that's not on the committee? Yeah, this is um, Herbie. You know, I was thinking what would help. Um, I don't know if this will help or not. If I could have the committee people raise their hands, I could put a C in front of their names just so I can distinguish who is committee people and who is not. So that way I can prioritize when calling raised hands. Just a thought. Oh, you're asking me to do something. I, I think can. that's too intelligent of a thought to, <laughs> that we shouldn't <laughs> Yeah. I, I I'm just going along here. I don't know who's who. I don't know who's a committee. Who's I, I mean I know by the people that talk regularly, but uh, you know it's uh, just um, or if you so, want to rename yourselves and put like a C in front of your name, that way at least I know who's a committee member and who's not. So that way, three of us. Well, have this is Chris up. Hunsinger, and and right. I had had my hand up, and somebody lowered it, and I didn't. I wasn't paying attention. All right, and and I'm um, not a committee member, but I do have two questions. And one of them is, is there a mandate in NLS for large print in the first place? Are, are those books that local libraries are buying, they're getting them from commercial publishers. They don't have to go to, they're, they're using the same rules that any other library uses to buy them. So right. is that issue, therefore, a local issue? And the problem with using the Braille on demand model is that these books currently, the books that you can get as Braille on demand are already BRF files. It's not like you can get a book that is an audio book that's on BARD uh, that you would like to see in Braille. So it's only stuff that's already available that way that you can get. And the other part, the last piece of this thought, and, and so I don't know whether we can even ask them that until they, unless ask them to do large print as a national um, item unless Congress changes something, because I, I don't know why they don't do it consistently. But um, the last part of it is if, if they're using, um, if they're, if they're encouraging people to use uh, Kindle fires, et cetera, uh, then maybe they would say that that would be the solution to getting your large print. And that's the end of what I have to say. No, that's okay. But even if they do, even if Congress does have to do something, even if they say the solution is Kindles, that's for them to do in the study. I, I don't think that, to me, none of what you're saying negates the need for the resolution. Or needs, right, a need for the study. I just don't know that it's something that, yeah, hopefully the study will tell us why they aren't doing it, I guess is what I'm saying, and how they could do it. Yeah. All right. So I think we did have a we did have a one point motion for due pass, right? Yes, we did. Yeah. All right. Second. So I'm gonna say, I yep. second it. Yeah. So we had a motion and a second. So yep. So all in favor, say aye. 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 And anyone opposed, say nay. All right. Yeah, I don't think I'd seen any hands up. So. All right. Let's move on to doing some editing then, shall we? So before we read the first clause, Deb, I'm think it's my thought that the first clause, instead of 10%, uh, you know, don't 90% do have residual exactly. vision. Exactly, right. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so we would change the whole thing. So it says, whereas only 10% of those individuals who are legally blind have no useful vision, you would say uh, 90% of those individuals who have uh, have who are legally blind have useful vision. Well, I don't know. I am people... back. My Zoom crashed on me. So, oh, oh, welcome uh, back. Oh, let me make you host. Welcome back. I don't know if ninety percent of legally blind people, but certainly ninety percent with severe vision impairments do. I'm, I'm okay. sure. So that's yeah. The so case. instead of so instead of legally blind, say of those who have vision loss or have severe vision severe loss, vision uh, loss significant un, uncorrectable vision loss it doesn't matter whether it's correctable or not um isn't it about reading anyway it's not really about whether your vision is useful for traveling or so it's it's about yeah. the ability to read mm-hmm. why don't we just say vision loss yeah it's, yeah 90 percent vision loss yeah yeah have uh, have some well the reason we say vision loss is that's going to be confusing if you say 90 percent of people with a significant what? vision impairment right there we go have residual vision yeah okay that's good enough all right i'm good with that all right, just print, print disabled because since that's what it's uh, that's what mm. yeah but we print don't have that proof whole, we don't know print disabled is a whole different uh yeah, that's a whole different category. thing uh, learning yeah. disability right. and variety. Right, right. Okay. I think we're okay. Um, whereas many individuals with some vision can and do read books that are available in large print. That's pretty straightforward. You some to limited? I mean, some vision would be people with all with complete vision, too. It I don't know. Some vision can and do. Okay, I'm fine. Or have low vision if you want with... With, with, you know, residual. How about residual? Use the same word we used in the prior sentence. All right. Residual. Yeah. Okay. Okay. With residual vision, can and do read large print. Whereas many public libraries and a few regional libraries in the National Library Service NLS system make large print books available. Okay, and I'm assuming I can go on. No consistent system of distribution of large print books specifically aimed at meeting the needs of people with low vision is currently available. Okay, so would it be is currently available or would it say currently it's exists? Not yeah, I like currently exists too. Gabe. Yeah, yes. So, it, it, are we saying that the only problem is? the distribution as opposed to the uh, availability of the books themselves. I mean, we talked a little bit about how library could take the digital format and create large print. I don't know if that's true, but um, I'm sort of hearing sometimes that there's a problem with the uh, amount uh, of large print books that are available that are being produced. You know, Chris, we don't, I don't know that we actually know that because there are on the market quite a bit of large print or quite a number of large print books. And so the question, that's part of what they'd have to find in a study. I mean, this is for them to figure out, I think. And so our question. Okay. So then I I think we have to be, I think we have to be clear about what we want them to study. It's not just the system of distribution. 
Well, when, in that case, it would, though, I think, include the production. If you want to add production and distribution, you can. Or availability yeah. and distribution. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, availability. And distribution. That might work. Yeah. Would that yeah. work for you? That works for me. Okay. So we do have some raised hands, if we're taking them. Sure. <clears throat> sure, who do we have with raised hands? All right. Um, we got two raised hands. Um, first of all, we got Peter. Peter. I didn't realize that I was that recognizable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Herbie knows all. <laughs> um, having, I, I, I had limited vision for a number of years, and that. Um, as as I read the the resolution today, um, I, I mean there are I mean there are a lot of books that are put out in large print, but that I don't think that's the issue. The issue is that um, that as as books are available on Bard, um, if you're a Bard user, that you should be able to get books that are in some sort of scalable format. Um, so that you can read them. That that um, if you want to read a journal of some sort that's available um, on Bard, but um, it is is maybe not available in uh, in Braille, but that the digital format is there. That that should be scalable for um, those who read large print and. And, um, you know, whether your large print is 18 or 36, um, to have some, some way of, of uh, adjusting the scale on that to be able to download that book and have it in a format that keeps it, that wraps within the screen that you have, um, I, I mean, I think that's, uh, uh, that would have been the issue for me that trying to get trying to get the books that I not just wanted, but I needed for my professional uh, work was just, uh, at times it was uh, unbearable. But Peter, that's the issue for you. If, when, if the study ever occurs, then you ought to advocate on that issue. But I don't think that's the entirety of the issue yeah. the way the nation was looking at it. Yeah. And I don't even know if this yeah, resolution well, even the, mentioned Bard. This resolution is talking about NLS and distributing the physical hard and the physical copy hard copy books is what right. I think we're talking uh, about. That, yeah. that's yes. what was, so that's what I was asking. So is this only yeah. about hard copy books, or is this just a not necessarily? All? Yeah, it's broad enough to include whatever kind of a dreamweaver well, list yeah. we can and, do. You know? And, you know, and uh, NLS would probably have to put a different category because right now it's audio and, you know, they have Braille up there. Yeah, that's probably. So have to, they, they would have to create that, that section for large print. But, you know, that'd be great too if they did that. That would be uh, something that could be done in, in the negotiations of going forward, I would say. Yeah. So, yeah, because because um you know it's it's getting getting the book in the format that you can and, and that I yeah. mean, once you qualify for bard i don't think that it matters right um you know you're still yeah. going to have so, to qualify for bard no matter what well exactly and you don't qualify for bard without qualifying for now so thanks peter who do we have next 
Michael Byington. He's a large print guy. Mm-hmm. Well, yes and no. Uh, personally, uh, reading print has always been uh, very fatiguing for me, even though I can almost read any size print if I have enough matif- uh, magnification. But the point that I wish to raise is if you go to a library and uh, look at their large print section, and I hope that my wife will get that so I won't have the phone in the background. There we go. Uh, if you go to a library and look at a, uh, a large print section, what you're going to find is that most of the books in that section are what they call easy eye print. And what that generally means is you're going to see a font of about 14, uh, possibly uh, uh, Albertus or uh, a slightly easier font uh, on the eye from that perspective, and perhaps a little bit more space between lines. But that is not sufficient large print that it's going to satisfy the average low vision person whom uh, is going to join CCLVI and ACB. I think that one of the things that the study needs to define, and I'll leave it up to the editors as to whether this needs to be in the resolution, but the line needs to be drawn at a line of demarcation between print, which is simply easier for older people and other people to read, and true large print. And the old adage in the franking privilege of 14 point means large print really should not qualify as large print in terms of NLS. Thank you. Mr. Chair, can I ask Michael a question before he disappears? If, if we put words somehow in the resolve that refer to people with, you know, severe vision loss, would that sort of, in some way or other, I don't know how it reads, but would that sort of do the, what you're, what you're trying to get at. I see your point. It's a good one. I think that that would address it. I think you might also need to state that most large print readily available in public libraries is not really large print serving the vast majority of people with severe visual impairments. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to my, my, Um, my wanting to do a study on the e-readers is because um, the e-readers, uh, you, you, you can change the color, the size, the, the kind of uh, font that you want that's easier to read. Um, and I, I just think it should be put in the resolution in the, in, as if, you're gonna, if we can do a study. And I hope Patty and Zelda would um, agree to, to that point or at least understand the point that I am making. Well, let's, so, let's here's my out. concern with that point. If you put e-readers in, then they may just do a study on e-readers and not worry about. Well, and, I go and this to, resolution yeah, really wants books. Yeah, I think the resolution is about paper, isn't it? Say, yeah, this is about wrong, this is a paper reduction act. Wait, one person hold on, guys. Oh, hold on, guys. Nobody can follow what anybody's saying. Yeah. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe that NLS even distribute. I don't think NLS even has an electronic e-reader for print available right now, do they? No. So I would, you know, that, again, I go back to, I see where Renee is saying this, but I would say that would be something that, 
you know, I don't know that we want to put something in this resolution that talks about technology that currently isn't there. I mean, I know there's technology that exists, but mm -hmm. I'm saying as far as in the NLS world. Yeah. Um, but let's continue editing here and we'll see. To, we to Michael's um, uh, comment about the print size, this clause mm -hmm. does say specifically mm -hmm. aimed at meeting the needs of people with low vision. So that that to me mm -hmm. implies without getting specific about what points or fonts we're going to encourage in this, um, that that does tell me we're talking about um the needs of this specific population as opposed to books or yeah. what that are just, so I wonder if that kind of does satisfactorily um, get that. Uh, I don't think so. And, and, and I'm saying that because he's right in regards to what he's talking about in regards to the print, what some people consider large print is not large print okay. is there anything to find in and for nls of what large print is yeah 14 14 as i understand it well, we could do an easy clause that says whereas many of the uh, so-called large print books available in public libraries and we do are, have another raised hand are not of sufficient font to be readable by those with severe vision impairments. It wouldn't be hard to write. That would be a great idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. And who's our other hand up? Patty Cox. Okay. Go ahead, Patty. Unmute Patty. We can't. This is the first time I've ever heard Patty. Oh, I'm speechless. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, now come on, y'all know. Um, <laughs> I disagree with Renee. The point of this resolution is paper. It is not screens. Some people yeah. cannot sit and read screens. You know, I, I'm sure that there are people that can't read screens that that want to read a book and they don't want to read three pages and then have to stop just because they can't read those screens. There's glare. There's many other reasons. So I do disagree with Renee. It's about having it in your hands. And yes. we do have some other raised hands, including people who have not spoken yet. Okay. How many do we have? Um, so we have, okay, um, first of all, real quick, so I can properly label you because you're unmuted. Alice, are you a committee member or not? I am. She you is. are? Okay, I'll fix that. Sorry. Okay, so Doug Powell has his hand raised and he has not spoken yet. Okay, go ahead, Doug. Uh, can I just suggest that uh, as a resolved clause that uh, we recommend that CCLVI and, and uh and other ACBers be um, recruited to help uh, formulate the study to uh, try to uh, get a breadth of what of the scope of what the you know what the what the questions that are going to be coming up as part of the you know as part of this study would be. I think it said something that 
TCLVI yeah, was in there. You know, that they work yeah. with TCLVI, but if we can get through these whereas clauses and get to the resolved clauses, <laughs> then we can start to look at that. <laughs> I, I, I do, I do think that 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 kind of you know that helps move the yeah. discussion along. Yeah, about like I, like I said, if we in. can, if we can uh, get, if we can move through the whereas clauses and get down to the resolved clauses, then we can definitely look at that. Is that my cue to go? Or I think there's a couple more hands. Yeah, there are do we more have hands. Other hands up? Yes, we do. Uh, Scott. All right. I um, just want to say it seems to me the best solution for this is to be have a similar, like an on-demand program like the Braille on-demand because are we going to expect oh, NLS to produce every single, to have every single Braille cop, a Braille book and every single audio book in, in large print? I and I believe there, so. and I believe there was a resolve. I think it was in the resolve clause that it said to do this okay. similar to how on demand worked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it'd be large print on demand. And remember, it's the books that they have on demand. Mm-hmm. It's not that you can ask yeah. for a book to suddenly get brailled and send it out mm-hmm. to you on demand. That does not. Right. And then the yeah. same should work for for hard copy, large print, as it does mm-hmm. for large copy. Mm-hmm. Print. All right. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. And just double checking to see if we have anybody who's not spoken yet. Okay, so Peter. I was just going to say that that ADA says what large print is. So that, oh, there's um, lots of people that say what it is, though. What does the ADA say? Uh, ADA says 18 is is the lowest level of large print. Oh, is that I wouldn't consider that large print if it was me. <laughs> so I mean, it doesn't say that it's the only, um, but that if you're going to be using large print, that ADA says eighteen. Man, that right. needs to be up. That should be updated. <laughs> so is, is is that the Access Board that says that, or it's not in the statute? Um, I, I can't remember what the actual thing was. That uh, you know, I'm I'm. I was trying to work with with um, congregations and trying to get them to print bulletins and at okay. eighteen. So um, well, when we know, when we get I, down to the I mean, when we get down to there, maybe we can look at it. Recognizes get, that eighteen is the lower right. is the smallest of large print. Right. Well, when we get down to the results, we can look at uh, what we can say in there about uh, yeah. maybe maybe putting something in to work with. CLVI on, on what size that, or what yeah. minimum would yeah, During my life, I've seen large yep. print. I'll go look, call I'll go look up the, right. the piece then. I don't think right. we want to get into those. Yeah. I think we should, yeah. Standards right, for large print okay. have been changing so, over the years, I'll just say. <clears throat> did we have any other hands, or Peter, or um, Herbie? We do not. Oh, actually, we do. We do. We do. We do. We do. This is going to be our last. This will be our last one, and then we're going to move on with editing. Go ahead. So this is Deb Versteen. It's Versteg. Can you hear me? Versteg, I do apologize. (laughs) Anyway, your average public that's reading this won't know what fonts and points and 14 and 18 are, though. So that's kind of why you have to explain it to some degree. Yep. Okay, thank you. Gabe. All right, thank you. This is, yes. this is Kim Charles. I had my hand raised for a while, but it didn't get noticed. So 
And okay. I just wanted, I wanted to say something. It's a librarian, right? I was going to say Yeah. Of course, we need to hear from Kim. We were talking about. I had to. I had to raise my hand. Um, just, just to alert you all that I understand what you're asking for and. The, the concept of having the titles that are available through NLS that are, you know, Braille titles also be available as large print. There's significant copyright ramifications that surround large print that are totally different from the copyright laws around Braille and audio formats and electronic formats for NLS. So I think, I think that, that your resolution needs to be couched more in, you know, perhaps research how this could be explored or something like that, because there are flat out copyright laws. Most of the titles that are in Braille are covered under the Chaffee copyright amendments of the, the late 1990s, but large print is not part of the Chaffee amendment. So it has separate copyright okay. requirements. That's why you oh. see commercial publishers producing, you know, books that you can buy in large print where we don't mm. necessarily see that books can be bought that are braille books. Um, so there's a whole industry within the, the print publishing world that's all around large print. So the NLS doesn't necessarily have the copyright to do any of the titles that are in the braille collection for large print. Mm -hmm. And they're not even mandated to provide large print. So it, you know, I think otherwise this resolution will land at NLS and just be a flat out, are you out of your minds? Right. Because they yeah, don't even have the authority to do this. Well, so, I think it did. I think the resolution did call for a study to be done. Yeah, to be it, it's, at, so, it yeah. absolutely should, should be looked at in a way mm -hmm. where, you know, study, research, determine, you know, right. things like that that don't, yep. that, that will allow us to consider the copyright ramifications. Right. They're pretty significant. Okay. So. Good and job, Michael. You, know, you said Kim, it. that your hand was not raised. So, um, oh, Kim my is still computer not... said it was. So sorry. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry your computer lied to you. I um, guess. Well, thank, I you. thank you for, for hearing what your computer said and jumping in there. Yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Shall Kim. I read another right. whereas? We'll take let, an let, yeah. Yes, let's try to read another whereas, see if we hey, can get one This more one's done. pretty good. Whereas NLS currently distributes talking books and braille books and some circulars in large print. And wait a minute, before isn't don't we want the one that we're gonna draft to go right before that one? What what was the previous yeah. one? Okay, so the one before that is the one that, uh, sorry, just a moment. Uh, whereas no consistent system of production. Or we are oh, no, I think it's taking, the one before that. We're sorry. Ju just to clarify real quick, we are not taking any more raised hands, correct? Right. It's the one about uh, public libraries. So I think it's the prior one to that. Sorry about that. There is many public libraries and a few regional libraries in the National Library Service NLS system make large print books available. Now, do we want something right after that to say how, whereas often or frequently the books made available uh, through these, you know, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Well, through public libraries. Through these libraries, or through public libraries, 
are uh, of inadequate font to meet the needs of severely of people with severe vision impairments. Yes. So I was a little fast, but. Yeah, no, I think you can say that. Uh huh. We'll put that. All right. I've got that. Uh, severe. You got that, Dub? Yeah. Yeah. I'll pick it up from the recording, but I made a note to pick it up. Mm hmm. Okay. So then we have the no consistent system of, whoops, of distribution. Um, and, and we said it was production and distribution. Um, specifically aimed at meeting the needs. You know, one thing that might help you there is if you say unique needs, because that sort of might highlight the fact. And just a reminder, folks, we are not taking raised hands at this time, so please keep them lowered until the committee has asked for raised hands, and then you may raise them. Thank you. People with low vision is currently available. So uh, now... This is where I left off. NLS is, uh, currently distributes talking books and Braille books and some circulars in large print. And the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International CCLVI is a national organization dedicated to championing the needs of people with some existing vision. Should we have a whereas right there, or maybe before that one? Well, no, no. For, I, I'm going to shut my mouth. Oh, let's just read the whereas. <laughs> That's the last well, of the whereas. Yeah. yeah, no, I meant we read the results. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm uh, trying to think of how to do Kim's and Michael's uh, thought, but I have Michael. Well, I, and I, I'm kind of thinking that Kim and Michael's thought, and that's what I was trying to say earlier, that I think it needs to go down in the resolve. Resolve. Yeah, yeah it, do, it, it does. So are we taking hands or am I moving forward? No. <laughs> no, uh, what, Jeff? Yeah, uh, no, uh, nothing. What? what? <laughs> okay. Uh, right. uh, this, uh, this organization, in conjunction with its affiliate CCLVI, expresses our belief that making large print materials available to people with some vision is just as important as making recorded and Braille materials available to other people with vision impairments. Could we change some to residual again so that we're consistent? I'd kind of like to get rid of the words expresses are and just say we believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you just say believe. Um, Exactly. Exactly. It's it's ACB and it's affiliate CCLVI. Believe. Believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That make large print materials available. To people with vision, what was that? The residual, residual. Yeah, sorry, residual. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. residual vision is just as important as making recorded and braille materials available to other people with vision impairments. Um, Wait a minute, why do we just can't we stop? Can we just stop it available? Yeah, 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 because I, I, I was going to say that other people it's obviously they're from. available for so. Yeah, so period after available. So now it would say materials available to people with residual vision is just as important as making recorded and braille materials available. Available, right. Yep. Yeah, okay, I like it. Uh, Be it further resolved that ACB and CCLVI uh, hereby request that the National Library Service undertake a study to explore the feasibility of making large print books available 
through its regional libraries or through a system similar to the Braille Books on Demand system currently in place at the national level. Would would this be the good place maybe to put in well, like what Kim and Michael were saying about research? Well, I was actually Good. thinking the whereas is um, I'm going to argue for a whereas because I, I don't know where it would go. But if, if we had a whereas that says, whereas, you know, we recognize that the avail- the, the uh, degree, the extent to which NLS can make available large print books is impacted by copyright implications. And then we don't have to mention it in the resolve itself. Yeah. Because it kind of weakens the whereas if we, Mm -hmm. I mean, the resolve, if we have to say it there. Mm -hmm. I I would put that probably right before the one word talks about CCLVI. So we'll make that the last whereas? Second to last, then. Second to last. Oh, okay. Just a minute. Let's see where, where you want to put it. Well, right, it'd be the one right before the one that talks about CCLVI. Oh, okay, yeah. Whereas the Council of Citizens with with Low Vision International, mm-hmm. that we want to put it in front of that one. Right before that. Okay. I'm making a note to put it there. Okay. All right. Okay. So then. And because I haven't written everything in completely, and I'll use the recording to pick up some of, like, that was perfect wording from Jeff. Um, I will have trouble reading this all back. But uh, ACB uh, and CCLVI hereby request that the National Library Service undertake a study to explore the feasibility of making large print books available through its regional libraries or through a system similar to the Braille Books on Demand system currently in place at the national level. Now I'm wondering if we shouldn't take the Braille on demand because we you, I don't know that you could yeah, do you it. You could never that do way. that with the large print. So just ma- ending it after. You know what? what? I would just have available here. What about? Th- yeah. Have, yeah. So now it would say ACB and hereby request that the National Library Service undertake a study to explore the feasibility of making large print books available. And then I'd stop there because it yep. may not be through yeah. the, the libraries. Yeah, may not I agree. Be, don't, don't lock them in. Mm-hmm. You know, you just yeah. want to get them. Yeah. yeah. We don't care where. Just and, get them. and did it available? Yeah. Yeah, available. Yeah. 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 So we're striking uh, through its regional libraries or through a system similar to the Braille Books on Demand system currently in place mm-hmm. at the national level. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then, Michael, since you raised this, does this sort of meet with you? your concern that we handle this the right way? Sounds good to me. Okay. No, 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 not you. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Wrong, Michael. Mr. Malver's concern. I'm sorry. I heard my. Uh, yeah, my you were the one that me. raised the specialized format issue first, right. even before Kim did. Is this meeting with your concern yeah. the way we're doing it right now? Yeah, that was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and uh, and, and uh, Patty, do you have any concerns with what we're doing here, or questions? 
since you're the author of the resolution. Patty, you there? Patty, I have some you were request to unmute. Not paying attention to us. Um, so you can just unmute yourself without having to raise your hand. It's okay. <laughs> I have sent her the prompt. So, oh, there she is. I think. Okay. Or is it me that's unmuted and it's telling me that? Okay, no, never mind. Oh. I'm sending uh, her the prompt. Sending you the prompt. Or, or Zelda. Time, or Zelda, if you're there and want to speak. I to was going to say, yeah, Zelda, Zelda is Zelda here. There too. Okay, I was unmuted, but it wouldn't let me talk. So, so I just want to make sure we're striking what you just said about the Braille books on demand. Is that correct? We are striking yes. two things. Um, we are uh, striking everything after the word availability, uh, or, I'm sorry, available. So we are striking through its regional libraries or through a system similar to the Braille Books on Demand system currently mm -hmm. in place at the national level. And, and the just reason we striking the regional libraries available. is they may find a way to do this without using their system, which might be a better way mm -hmm. right okay okay so we're not this locking a, them in yeah it leaves a little bit wider open for nls to look at what they can do then the if it be mm -hmm. either or or braille on demand that would be up to them yeah or maybe or something, something else that, that i think something else right. yeah yeah okay yeah. Uh, and then okay. further resolved that NLS be encouraged to report its findings to the 2024 convention. It's progress. Progress, progress is what progress I thought would we be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, you, want, you don't want to just hear about it in 2024. You actually want to hear about it maybe. Annually. Annually. Yeah. Absolutely. So something is... Um, so instead of saying to ACB the 2024 convention in January, then we just say yeah. in 2024 and yeah. annually thereafter. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that'd be okay. Kim cringes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. All right. And that's the end of it. Yep. Cool. Ta da. And this is Kim again. Can I make one more recommendation? Yes. <laughs> Potentially, I think on the last um, resolve that that you might want to add some language that an ACB and its affiliate CCLVI stand ready to assist. And oh, yeah, we talked about that. Good thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. There you go. yep. that's good. Yep. So, okay, that's probably a, a second, another resolve. Right. Yeah, I I don't think that we could really add that into that last result. Yeah, I, I think it would but, be fine yeah. as a final, but it yeah, it's it, fine. It puts um, you on record as being willing not just to wait for a report, yeah, but no, to participate. I would. In the, we're in still the waiting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd almost insert a, a clause in between those last two there that that says that it says and and be further resolved that okay. ACB and CCLVI. That we can say, can stand ready to to yep. assist work with NLS on yeah, the to work with NLS on this, this resolution. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. And then make the progress the last one still. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
I'm good with all that. Make a note here. All right. Excellent. All right. Any further comments at this point before we vote on this? We voted. We did. Yeah. Yeah. just our editing. I thought we already did. Yeah. True. Good point. <laughs> but any other further comments before we put it to bed and move to the next one? <laughs> Right. Uh, Terry Terry has had her right hand raised off and on for a long time. Okay. Good evening. Hi, thank you for taking my hand. (laughs) I've been driving her be crazy, I think. There are three points that I think need to be made that would perhaps help on all of this. First, a very minor. If you look at the postal regulation. It's 14 point bold is actually what's in the regulation, not just 14 point. That does make a major difference for a lot of things that are mailed out. Secondly, if any of you have listened to the recording or were in attendance at the, uh, the group meeting that took place during the leadership conference here in Washington, uh, and Jason Bratton, Brat, is it Bratton? I always follow up his last name. Um, he said right there and then that day that they could absolutely do a survey of all of their regional libraries and what they currently have in large print so that they could at least put together a listing of what is available in large print. Thirdly, the I, I think the Uh, idea of progress by 2024 is not a good idea. I think that we either put it in as in by that this be done by 2024 or maybe give them an an additional year. Um, We put it in the way that you're talking now uh, to get progress in 2024, then, okay, yeah, we've gotten started on it. And in 2025, well, we're still working on it. Um, uh-huh. And we've seen that happen with so many things that uh, with so many other issues. I think that that needs to really be reconsidered. Thank you very much. So, Terry, I'm going to if I well, Mr. Chair, if I could respond yes. to Terry. I, I, Go ahead, Jeff, because you're the uh, one that originally had, yeah. had brought up the concerns about the 2024. So I was going to ask if you want. To there respond. are times when I would agree with your comment, Terry, but Jason has lived up to more than his billing of really trying to get things done for NLS. And to me, it's not unreasonable to go this way. It's not unreasonable to go your way either. I hear what you're saying, but I, if, if not, if not much happens by next year, then we come back with another resolution and do so. I, I would certainly be amenable to that, but I, I think this is, a reasonable approach. Okay. Uh, that was just my co- one concern. Yeah, about no, it. I, 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 we've seen not. it happen with so many other yes, you're issues right. in the past. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did we have any others? Yes, but I think it's important that he did commit to doing that, that much of a study anyhow of the regional libraries. 
So Peter does have his mm-hmm. hand raised again. Hi, Peter. Um, I just I don't know if you want to reference it somewhere in this uh, in the clauses the, in the history or the resolution, but that um, I went back and looked up that the the model that I've been using <clears throat> for my congregations is. Uh, best practices by Board of Publications from ACB resolution passed in 2022. Mm. Again, I think that's relevant to this, though. Yeah, I think just asking them to take the study and and saying that CCB or ACB and CCLVI, you know, stand ready to assist, I I think... uh, yeah, I think we can work that out in the details later. Yeah, and, and remember, the, it's not going to be this resolution that's sent to them in a vacuum. No. No, there would probably be an accompany letter sent with it. So some of those things can be spelled out in that uh, in that letter that it's, it accompanies it as well. Yeah, I was just reporting back where I got the, the information uh-huh. on the size. Yep. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> Did we have any other hands up? Uh, we currently do not. Then let's go. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, let's move forward. That, let's move on to resolution number 11. 11. I suspect this one's going to take a, quite a bit of editing because about every clause says something about California in it. Vending um, facility equipment. Whereas historically, Randolph Shepard vendors have not had to pay for facility equipment used to operate the facility, such as appliances, cash registers, and card readers. I haven't seen California yet. And whereas (laughs) instead, states purchase equipment using federal (laughs) funds along with matching funds from various services. And whereas in some states, including California, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the required match for the purchase of equipment is obtained through funds collected from BEP vendors by state licensing agencies, with these funds being known as set-aside funds. And whereas the Federal Rehabilitation Service Administration, as part of the U.S. Department of Education and the Office of Management and Budget initially approved a regulatory requirement which limited the state's ability to purchase BEP equipment to um, purchases of at least $5,000, And whereas the result of this decision was to require a BEP vendor to make purchases of equipment under $5,000, and whereas in light of the pandemic, these federal entities revised this requirement by reducing the threshold which must be met before the state may purchase equipment from $5,000 to $1,000. And whereas due to such vendor equipment expenses for the facility and in light of its shrinking EP facility income due to fewer patrons working in these facilities since the onset of the pandemic, the $1,000 maximum remains a burdensome cost when a vendor must purchase such equipment as 
coffee makers, cash registers, card readers, and microwave ovens that are below the required $1,000. Now, therefore, be it resolved uh, by California uh, that this organization urge the Federal Rehabilitation Services Administration and the Office of Management and Budget to eliminate the prohibited prohibition, sorry, against a state using federal and matching funds for the purchase of equipment valued at less than $1,000 and be it further resolved that a copy of this uh, resolution be sent to the American Council of the Blind for action at its 2023 National Convention. And that's it. A right. Um Jeff, I think you kind of helped with this. You want to talk about the, because I don't know that there's anybody else here tonight to talk about it. You want to? Yeah, well, it took, a, for this? it took a lot of work for me to write it in a way that I could understand it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think we got it written so that it's reasonably self-explanatory. Um, basically, uh, if you want to buy equipment for a facility, um, your state, you have to purchase it rather than the state, unless the purchase is for something that is above this $1,000 threshold. And if you have to buy, you know, 10 different card readers or whatever you might get stuck for five thousand dollars or whatever because they're pretty expensive pieces of equipment so that was um i'm i'm sorry there's no one from rsva to you know speak you know yay or nay on this um this was this was originally an idea that was um Submitted by Joe Smith, who is a former vendor from California and who's long been a long time um, active member of RSVA. Um, and that's basically about all I can say, I, I guess, other than to say, as the resolution indicates, you know, uh, vendor uh, revenues in your basic state buildings and county buildings, things like that are are going away or being reduced because of, you know, so much more remote working. So I think that's about all I can really say. And what they're really asking for, isn't it, Jeff, that, that basically the former amount be restored because it was that, that, that the state, uh, you know, uh, could pay things, uh, you know, at, at a thousand dollars or less, but now, they, no, they could pay at zero uh, now, and then it went up to five thousand, right. and then they went back down to one thousand. Right. So you and they want to go back to, to go what back it to was zero. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been a while since it's been zero. It has. I don't know when uh, that was. When I I was still working for the state, it wasn't zero. So that's yeah. been five. Years. <laughs> so we're talking about quite a change to do that. Okay. So I don't know. I can't. Questions. I Let's like the resolution here. myself. I mean, I, I, I would definitely. I think the, I, 
I did a little bit of BEP work and just practice it, but I think the vendors get a kind of a raw deal in a lot of ways. <clears throat> All right. Well, hearing no questions, do we have a motion? Dave, I can I ask, was RSVA contacted about this? I mean, I know Artis was when we were debating it, mm -hmm. but did they get contacted before this meeting? Honestly, I don't think so. Well, they would have received the same bazillion number of notices that everybody else got. Because yeah, they're that's the true. They would have received that. They we list yeah, but they were not... The, uh, we list the uh, resolutions to be covered. Yeah, in that's the, right. Right. That's right. right. But they, yeah. I don't think, I, I did not, uh, I'll, I'll, I did not uh, specifically reach out to anybody with RSVA. Yeah. We do uh, have a raised hand. Okay. Who's our raised hand? Terry Pacheco. All right, Terry. Thank you again. Um, having been a BEP, vendor back in the day uh, for 13 years um, and, and and at that time a very active member in RSVA I only see one very, it's a pretty technical change but I do think that it's important and that is if you go back into, uh, you might want to search for employees it says the BEP there are fewer BEP employees in the facilities Something to say operators, right? Uh, it might say operators. It's not, operators. It's not yeah. BEP employees. It's fewer no. employees in the well, facility, meaning the other people okay. that they well, would serve. Well, go, that's, that's exactly the point. Right. It's not well, we're gonna the go actual Yeah, we're going to go back and edit this, so we will we'll catch where it was. <clears throat> well, thank you. Any other hands up? The other the point is... For any other that it's the employee. It's not the employees in the facility. It's in the employees where the facility is located. Right. That's correct. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. what yeah. That way we that's, get there. That's we'll get a, there. There's a big difference in those two yeah. terms. That's right. right. Yeah. 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 We'll get that when we get there. And we currently do not have any other raised hands. Okay. Ready. Mm -hmm. Yes. Whereas historically, Randolph Shepard vendors have not had to pay for facility equipment used to operate the facility, such as appliances, cash registers, and card readers. Okay. Whereas instead, states purchase equipment using federal funds along with matching funds from various sources. Whereas in some, I'll just go until y'all start me. Whereas in some states, including California, <laughs> California. Whereas in some states, <laughs> I like leaving California out. In, wow, I object. <laughs> I, I think you know, we can say using California as an example. Uh, yeah, we should, but we won't. <laughs> in some states, the required match for the purchase of equipment is obtained through funds collected from BEP vendors by state licensing agencies with these funds being known as set-aside funds. That's, that was really good, Jeff, because that is so hard to explain that. Yeah. yeah. 
It took me a few drafts. No, 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 that's very good. I, I, I do think that's good, actually. Don't touch it, guys. Um, Excuse me, uh, Mr. <laughs> Chair, uh, this is Doug. Point, uh, yes, a Doug. point of order. Did, did you guys vote a uh, due pass on this? I said a due pass. I didn't, there wasn't a second, but I, I don't I, think I, we yeah. voted. No, no we, didn't. we didn't vote. No. You should I vote. vote. Yeah. I, just, I just said a, a due pass. Yeah. All right. So Renee had made a motion as our second. 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 All That's right. And, and all in favor, say aye. 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 Anyone <laughs> opposed, say nay. No, we got technical. Thanks for the, thanks for the catch, Doug. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Doug. And okay, now we're legal to continue. Okay. Uh, URS, whereas the Federal Rehabilitation Services Administration, as part of the U- U.S. Department of Education and the Office of Management and Budget, initially approved a, it's not initial, well, Okay. Initially approved a regulatory requirement which limited the state's ability to purchase BEP equipment to purchases of at least $5,000. How about implement or not implemented, but uh, uh, what's the word? Approved? No, no. I was trying to think. Actually, it's they implemented. Adopted. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're taking out initially approved and we're making that adopted a regulatory requirement. Yes, that's better. Which limited the state's ability to purchase BEP equipment uh, to purchases of at least $5,000. Okay. I want, this is Chris. I would like to strike federal in front of Rehabilitation Services Administration, I would just say, of the Department of Education. Sure. A part of. Yeah, yeah, approved. Uh, Okay, hold on. Wait, let me see where we are. Okay. Uh, Okay, it says the federal... You want to take that federal out. Uh Okay. The Rehabilitation Services Administration as part of the, yeah, U.S. Department of... Just say, as not... Get rid of as part to say of. of that. Okay, sure, sure. Actually, that's right. Or in is in better. In better, I think, isn't it in? Oh, yeah, it is in. Okay. Yeah. So now uh, let's try is- this. The Rehabilitation Services Administration in the U.S. Department of Education and the Office of Management and Budget. Um, where's that other word I wrote over here? I've kept adopted. Forgot. Adopted, yes, adopted. Thank you. There it is. Adopted a regulatory requirement which uh, limited the state's ability to purchase BEP's equipment, BEP equipment, no, sorry, no S, to purchases of at least $5,000. Do we ever say what BEP is? Well, we can oh, certainly say no, the enterprise program, yeah. We should put that yeah, initially yeah. and then put a parameter. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Ooh. Yeah. Um, uh, do we need the second purchases, Jeff? Because it's a re- regulatory requirement which limited the state's ability to purchase BEP equipment. And then it says two purchases of at two least. Amounts no, of, that's uh, redundant. Yeah. yeah, we could make, we could get rid of that purchases. Yeah, okay. That would be good. All right. And you say the states, isn't it? A, a state. I mean, it's the is probably yeah, California, a states. Yeah. yeah, it would be a yeah, state. Yeah. They were yeah. thinking about California. Boy, Chris is waking up now. You're doing good, Chris. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whereas the result of this decision uh, was to require 
a BEP vendor, I would just say required, a BEP vendor, was to require a BEP vendor to make purchases of equipment under $5,000. Now, do we, well, I guess, no, I think that's true. I was going to say we could take it out, but I think it's Oh, it actually was true as a result of what they did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in light of the pandemic, these federal entities uh, revised this requirement. You don't even need the federal entities, probably. Revised this requirement by reducing the threshold, which must be met before the state may purchase equipment from $5,000 to $1,000. So actually, if we moved the $5,000 up, so revised this requirement uh, by reducing uh, the threshold from 5000 to 1000 which must be met before the state may purchase equipment. Yeah, and what, are you, what are you saying about who's, who's done this? You want, the you the, the that, federal right? entities that... The, RSA and... All the RSA and OMB. Well, you could just yeah. say the, or the federal government. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It says these entities... It says these federal entities now. But, I would just say the, the federal government. Yeah, revise this requirement. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So instead of these entities, like. And I moved the money up. Big with, brother. Yeah, yeah. Whoever that is. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Whereas due to such vendor equipment expenses for the facility and in light of shrinking BEP facility income, Okay, due to fewer patrons. As a result of. You know what? It shouldn't this be operator income because it's yes, not the facility. Yes. It's the BEP yes. operator. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. absolutely yeah. Okay. So due to see, I, I worked in BEP for a while too, but I worked on the management side. Okay. Due to such vendor equipment expenses for the facility or for yeah. A facility. Yeah, and in light of shrinking BEP operator income due to fewer patrons working in these facilities. In these, well, in, 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 the, in the location. Said, in the area or uh, locations. In these yeah, locations. I like in these locations. Yes. Yeah, so in, yeah, in the location. In these facility um, locations, facilities. I guess. Right. Now, um, Okay, due to, I want to go back because it's still a little weird. So due to such vendor equipment. Well, second due to could be as a result of or something like that. Then you get that out of there. uh, This is where the beginning of the whereas, though. Due to such vendor equipment expenses um, for the facility and in light of shrinking BEP operator income, uh, yeah, resulting in fewer uh, patrons, Working in what do we have there? The or, these uh, locations. Uh, locations. These locations, yeah. Mm-hmm. These days, that's you could just say fewer patrons. You don't have to. Specify. Yeah, it's fewer patrons. It doesn't matter whether they're coming yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, I like that better. Thank you, Chris. I do too. Okay, uh, to fewer patrons. Okay, crap this off. Everybody. And we probably don't need the such at the very we beginning. Don't need do this we? since the onset of the pandemic, either. Actually. Well, I would argue. Uh, I think you should. Pandemic has a lot to do explain with what's yes, happened. Yes. Yeah. Explain why we're. Yeah. Well, we talked about the pandemic in the in the in the previous whereas because we said that the in light of the pandemic 
they actually require oh, yeah, yeah, okay. requirements. That's a different yeah, issue, I, though. That's a different think, issue. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with Chris. I think it's very important. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, so <laughs> vendor equipment expenses for the, uh, for the facility and the light of the shrinking uh, BEP operator income uh, due to fewer patrons. Um, since the onset of the pandemic, yeah, that works. The 1000 maximum remains a burdensome cost when a vendor must purchase such equipment as coffee makers, cash registers, card readers, and microwave ovens that are below the required $1,000 limit. Can we now, just say because of the pandemic rather than since the onset of? Yeah, yes. Sure. Yes. Yeah. That's sure. Right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But otherwise, I think it's okay. And then we come to the resolves. Uh, just a moment. Federal. Okay, I'm sorry. Federal. Yeah, I know. I, I know that this organization urged the Rehabilitation Services Administration and the Office of Management and Budget to eliminate the prohibition against a state using federal and matching funds for the purchase of equipment valued at less than $1,000. Period. End of story. Wait, wait, wait. And that is instead the... That is the instead of saying eliminate the prohibition, why don't you say permit the... the well, because you want... Them. It's not just allow. You want them to actually... It, they are actually prohibited now. So we well, have, I understand. So, but if but if you permit it, they're no longer prohibited. They're also not required. By definition. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, but prohibition would not permit them to do this. So, if you say you permit, okay. then you, you permit. Okay, I'm, I'm good. Okay, Is Jeff, are you good? I'm okay. I don't care too much. Yeah, against the state. Federal matching funds for the purchase of equipment valued at less than one thousand, and be it further resolved. Uh, well, yeah, you know, in a way, though, uh, yeah. this whole resolution is about that prohibition. It is, yeah. And so, to me, the resolve by asking them to eliminate that prohibition is speaking right. to, to exactly right. what we want. Okay. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I really agree. Okay, everybody else, all good there. I, I am. I was just yeah. wondering if we could raise the amount that they. Uh, it'll be zero. Yeah, they'll no, be able to. The state will be able to buy it all yeah. if they do this. Yeah. Well, could they, they raise with the that five thousand dollars? I mean, that's already um, gone. The five thousand has already been. Re yeah, this is why it's so dang confusing. This is why yeah. I'm impressed that Jeff, you got this. Because what happened? <laughs> that yeah. So it was. It went up to. It was five thousand. And then it was 1000 again, and then they're asking for it to be zero. So what happens to the set-aside fees? They still have to pay those set-asides, don't they? Well, they use those for a lot of things. Oh, they use yeah. those for everything. So, they most yeah. use Jesus. them for the staff, yeah. for the management staff. They use them for, yeah. Insurance, I think. This is only about the equipment. Yeah, our set aside pays for medical insurance, actually, for the yeah. operators. I mean, there's all kinds of things that people might do. And and you'd have to negotiate at your state level for what that set aside of that set aside comes back to you, the operators.
Yeah, it went from zero to 5,000, and we wanted to go back to zero again, is essentially what it was. Yeah, it's made a stop at 1,000. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think we got it. Yeah, well, that, I mean, now that you, you know, explained it, I mean, I want the, I want the vendors to, to be able to be on the, on the winning side of this. Well, they would be if this passed, yeah. yeah. I mean, if this was implemented, they would be. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. To the frustration right, of just about every state, but yeah. They- we obviously don't need that further resolved. So. No, we are nope. done. All right. Yeah. All right. And just to be sure, Herbie, did we have any hands up? We do not. I have been checking. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. I do believe that we are done with that one. Because we did vote on it. Thank you to uh, yeah. Mr. Powell. So, yeah. in that case, let us move on to our next item of business. So, um, before we do that, um, at this point, I'm going to ask Deb. Um, I think you're going to. St- Step out of your role as vice president, correct? Or as vice chair? Yes. For the next few moments. So let me introduce everybody to our uh, acting ACB president here. She's been nice enough to join us this evening. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and at this point, uh, Mr. Byington, uh, go ahead and unmute yourself. And uh, we have a resolution that uh, the, it's in our Dropbox. So the committee has had a chance to see it. And uh, Mr. Byington, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and state your case for the committee hearing this uh, resolution or uh, taking up this resolution. Well, thank you very much, Gabe. And thanks to you and the committee for uh, uh, this democratic process and being willing to uh, listen to this appeal. Uh, I do need to clarify one thing. Uh, I'm sure that Deb has reasons for feeling that she needs to step out of her role as vice chair and into the role as acting president. And so I'm wondering if uh, you wish me to make the presentation uh, as to why this resolution meets the provisions to be accepted after deadline, or if uh, Deb wishes to uh, introduce some of the concerns that she has that we need to address within that presentation. No, I think um, I'd like to have you go ahead and... Yeah, uh, I, I, was gonna say, I think first, first let's have you make your presentation and then we'll Let have... Let work the, out some of yeah. that and then I, I have... Yeah. I don't necessarily have to talk, but I want to be able to, so that's right. what I've... Uh, stepped aside. Okay, thank you very much. This has been a hard presentation to organize. First of all, I was hoping that people would have a chance to read the memo that uh, I sent out because I thought that would make things much more brief, but I'm and, gathering. And I did, I did provide they that did memo in that. the Dropbox. Yeah, we've there, read it. So the folks Dropbox would have did. a chance to read that as well, too. Yep. I, I, know it, I know it was provided. I just don't know if everyone had a chance to oh. get to it. Uh, yeah. I and it sounds to, like a few have. 
I will try to sum up, if I may. Okay. We really are dealing with three issues here. Number one, is the issue a compelling issue that ACB needs to address and have a position on? Uh, are there process issues involved within that? And then uh, the issue of whether the resolution could have been introduced in a timely fashion or whether in fact the uh, issues that arose came up after deadline. So I'm going to first of all try to summarize uh, the issue itself and its relevance. And to do so, I will give an extremely brief history of certification of professionals working in the blindness field. This is something which originally was handled as a part of the functions of the Association for Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired, AERBVI. But as the profession of certification in the human services developed through the 1980s and 1990s, it became clear that certification entities that also were considered the professional organization representing the field should not be one organizations. And therefore, in the mid to late 1990s, AERBVI uh, split itself, spinning off a certification agency to be a separate entity, with the understanding being certainly that AER would be able to continue to uh, provide input to that agency, uh, as is always the case with the organization uh, representing the professionals being certified. Uh, that new entity was called and continues to be called the Association uh, for Certification and Education of the Blind and Visually. Uh, uh, of, uh, <clears throat> I'm blowing that and I had to answer it on my examination to become a certified orientation and mobility specialist, the Association for Certification of Education and, Re and Vision Rehab, Vision Education and Rehab Professionals. There we go. It's a mouthful. ACVREP. And uh, the relationship through the years has always been up to this date pretty cordial between uh, those organizations and the consumer uh, movement, including most significantly ACB. One characteristic of the uh, ACB REP certification has always been that they have restricted themselves to being the experts in the blindness and low vision fields and that they have certified professionals who work specifically in those fields. Uh, one of their certifications is uh, the CVRT, Certified Vision Rehabilitation Professional. And that is a practice that many of us in the blindness biz know through many years as being the rehabilitation teachers. One of the things that ACB, uh, I'm sorry, that ACBREP has now decided to do is to offer an add-on endorsement type of certification to occupational therapists who are generalists 
therefore allowing them to be certified to do more practice with blind and visually impaired people. Now, there are certain restrictions. ACBREP is saying that they're not going to encourage those people to teach Braille and that they're not going to encourage them to teach uh, use of the white cane. But there is absolutely nothing in OT practice that would prevent them from going ahead and choosing to do that. They're not going to become decertified if they do it. Politically, one of the reasons that this is happening is because OTs are generally eligible for third-party insurance payment coverage, where uh, the people certified from ACB REP are not, and they're interested in getting into that biz. And certainly, we over the years have encouraged third-party payment for specialists in blindness. The concern, however, is that the certification for the certified vision rehabilitation professional, i.e. the rehab teachers, is a very rigorous certification. And the OT's add-on certification would not cover all of those areas that the rehab teacher normally does, or if it does, then it would negate the person who is not an OT but practicing as a rehab teacher. And this could have devastating effects on the whole profession of rehabilitation teacher for the blind, i.e. CVRT. Now that is the relevance in terms of what would happen if this certification were to move forward. The issue of urgency that has suddenly sped up after the deadline is that ACVREP is saying, well, we're going to do this. The train's already left the station on that were the exact words that uh, their executive director, Kathleen Zeter, used. They are already going to do it and they prior to making that decision, sought virtually no input from consumer groups or other professional organizations representing the blind. They completely left that part of the process out. Because many of us have raised questions about that procedure and whether they put the cart before the horse, they subsequently did hold, uh, I am told, three uh, hearings. I did hear of one of them attended and testified at that hearing. And I can tell you of the 50 some odd people that testified at the hearing that I was at, there were only one or two individuals that spoke in favor of the OT endorsement certification. Everybody else had severe concerns about whether it would affect the field of the certified vision rehab professional, i.e. people who are fully certified to do rehab teaching. And that becomes the issue of importance to people who are blind and visually impaired and why ACB should be involved. Now, this was called to our attention that it could be happening in late March. Mark Reichert, who uh, 
of course, is the previous first vice president of ACB uh, and uh, was also acting uh, director or executive director for AER. I believe he is now president-elect of that organization. Uh, did raise some concerns about ACB REPs uh, looking at this issue in late March, but in fact, they moved more quickly than anyone anticipated, and AER was not able to formulate and adopt a resolution until April 28th, which was after the ACB deadline. Now, apparently, uh, Mark Reichert did have some contact with the committee, and I have to admit, I'm a latecomer to the party. I didn't intend to get involved with this issue at this level. But it becomes clear to me that there was apparently a huge understanding between the committee, a huge misunderstanding between the committee and Mr. Reichert. Jeff Tom tells me that Mr. Reichert was given until uh, May 4th to put together a resolution and that he didn't submit anything. Mark Reichert has also given me a written account of what happened in, by his perception. And he felt that he was essentially being told, well, you could write a resolution, but uh, it's probably not going to be introduced because it will be after deadline. And you really might as well not bother was the impression that he got. I have been a very good friend of uh, Mark Reichert's and Jeff Tom's for 35 years or more. I uh, cherish my professional and personal relationship with both gentlemen, and I am absolutely not going to weigh in on who got it right and who didn't. I was not part of that. But as a practitioner certified by CVC, I'm really stumbling over my initials, ACVREP, uh, I had great concerns about what was going on. And so uh, I wrote to Mark Reichert and Lori Scharf, who had also posted some concerns on the ACB leadership list. Uh, once the AER resolution uh, did come out and said, okay, we need to, it looks like, do a companion resolution. I assume one of you guys is writing one. Lori said that she had not written one, and Mark said that it was his understanding that the committee didn't want one from him, so he hadn't either. I, therefore, because I did have some uh, experience in my past as a writer of resolutions, I chaired the committee for seven years, way back uh, when Dirt was young. Uh, tried to write a resolution and send it around for input and all of that. And finally said to people, look, uh, we can love this to death, but it needs to be worked by the committee if they will accept it. So let's get it turned in. I would submit to you that this is an issue that ACB cannot afford to fail to take a position on I think that it's terribly important from uh, a perspective of the future of services to people who are blind and visually impaired. I also want to compliment ACB and this committee on this new format. I am very pleased at how open and transparent resolutions making 
has become. That's always been the intent, which we really had a lot of trouble pulling off back in my day. However, if the process of being this transparent also means that ACB is unable to pivot on a dime and take a position on uh, an issue that uh, either comes to light or intensifies uh, right around convention time, that would in a way negate all of the good progress that has been made in being more transparent. So I am hoping that you will realize that we are in no way wishing to challenge the process of the resolutions, the deadline, or any aspect of that. It is unfortunate that probably a week and a half of resolution development was held up by perhaps a misunderstanding of the intent of the committee. As I said, that was before I became involved. But nonetheless, we can't let some of those issues stop ACB from reacting to something which is terribly important for us to act on. Uh, today, Clark Rashfall uh, sent out a suggestion that perhaps at the convention we would get together and I guess, I didn't get a copy of this, but I was told he sent out something that uh, suggested that we would have a discussion session about this issue. I would remind you folks that Kathleen Zeter, Executive Director of ACVREP, has already said that the trains left the station, that they're happy to receive input, but they are going to do this and to do it without really interacting with or taking any of the input that they have received. So a discussion session at the convention is certainly going to be after the fact and too late to have an impact. I will stop talking now and uh, find out if there are questions or if people uh, who have read my uh, written version of this uh, would like to respond to anything I've said within that. And thank you very much for listening to me. Thank you, Michael. Are there any questions from committee members on this? This is Chris. I do have, I have a lot of questions. I don't know whether... I should raise them now or, or later. But, Michael, I, I haven't talked to you about this resolution. I don't have, first of all, I don't have a problem with the committee take, taking it up. But I, I, have, I have gained somewhat different impression about the substance of what we're talking about. So let me see if you can clarify this. So let's try to keep the res let's try to keep discussion questions. Yeah, we to, can't to discuss the, the resolution yet because whether or oh, not right. we should take up this resolution. Okay. Well, I said I don't have a problem with it, so therefore that's my statement. Okay. So I would right. like to make some comments because um, there are several things here that um, yes, Madam that were part ahead. of the committee, huh? I said, yes, Madam President. Oh, go ahead, go oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir, chair. All right. <laughs> so so um, when uh, so first of all, um, there there was substantive, as as Michael said, there was substantive discussion of this issue on the uh, ACB's leadership list. And this was back a, a couple of months ago. And 
there is nothing different in this resolution than was in that discussion. So this resolution could have been um, brought in a timely manner. It just could have. But and we do have and this is not a really big deal, except it kind of is. Uh, but we have a bylaw that has now set a resolutions guideline or a deadline. And and that deadline relates to things that are, are whether or not things are actually in a crisis mode. And I'm going to call on Kim in a few moments to talk about certification in general, because she has current experience with certification processes and timelines of them. But before I do, when when uh, Mark brought his um discussion to our committee meeting, uh, the meeting that we had before we began the public, uh, so we could set up our process, before we uh, began the public meetings, um, he asked if he could submit a resolution. And we told him at the time, the committee said that the timing was such that he could have already done this, that he could have met the deadline. But that what we did agree is that uh, this is a complicated issue. ACB may wish to uh, take a position um, based on how certifications work. There definitely is an opportunity to try to do that. But first, we would need to provide an opportunity for our members to hear the different viewpoints related to it. Because although Michael has expressed one, there is an equally strong expression from people who feel differently. So, um, so there is, I don't, I wouldn't want to have a debate, but I would want for our members before they vote on something like this, rather than to just assume that the sky is falling, it might be good to hear something about how organizations are delivering uh, rehabilitation services and how certifications are made and how some of these processes come together. And if in that process, ACB members feel strongly, we don't need a resolution to act on that. We make uh, action all year long. If this were to happen, if this were to be discovered in October, we wouldn't be required to wait till July to have our advocacy uh, services uh, take this up and, and, and find a way to deal with it and express our concern. So, so we offered Mark and Mark accepted um, the idea of that instead of having a resolution, because he was passed, not only passed the deadline, but could have met the deadline, um, and that there was uh, some indication from uh, people that um, that at least Kim and I had chatted with that that this might not be um, the, the timing might not be as urgent as perceived by some, that we might take an opportunity to educate our members and help our members understand the complex issues, because it, it's a complex thing. So, uh, Mark said, and I offered to have this happen um, during the summer. I said, you know, I don't know. If, at that moment, I believed I could not pull it off during convention. Mark asked if I could. I said I'd try, but I said, uh, you know, that might be a tall order. But um, but I would be glad to pull it off before summer's end. Well, as it turns out, we can pull it off during convention, during general session. So we are uh, preparing to have that conversation, 
And um, we have several people committed to talk. We have not received a response from everyone that has been invited, but we have invited several people and we'll keep working at it till we have um, the cross-section we, we need. Um, it includes uh, some of our members and it includes various people on uh, the, uh, the process of that. And we can take that opportunity to help our members understand what these issues are so that they can determine for themselves uh, which side of this they fall on because there really are two sides. So, um, so basically, that is the plan. That is what um, Mark agreed to. And so then, you know, we began hearing that there might be a resolution again. And really, the resolution that is here is is pretty much AER's resolution. So uh, it 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 I don't know that our members will even be able to follow this unless we're just talking about fear. And I don't think that's a good way to work with our members. So. Um, you know, we, we have time, we have, we have some processes in place. And I'd like at this point to call on Kim, um, because Kim is, um, uh, has a current experience and exposure to the whole process of making certifications because she's involved, uh, with the ADP, uh, certification that is in progress and has been for some time. So, Kim, could you talk to us a little bit about um, about this and, and in the light of whether, uh, whether you feel this is something we have to do instantly? Yeah. Thank you, Deb. And um, I, I, I certainly think, first off, that, um, that there is not a, an issue of emergency, we must rush into this. I think Deb has outlined a, a, a first step that's favorable for informing people about the process. So my, what I wanted to add today is for the last three and a half years, I have been um, the subject matter expert um, chair of the certification development committee that is working on Certification for Audio Description Specialists, or CODIS is the um, acronym that everything needs to have these days. So, um, so the process, I've been very, very involved for at least three hours a week of meetings working on the process of certification. And it does not happen quickly. There are many people involved on a subject matter expert committee to create um, scope of practice, to create a body of knowledge required for a certification, to create eligibility criteria that is um, setting a standard for what people need to be able to do to, to meet the, the criteria to take the examination to become certified in whatever the certification is. Um, Michael mentioned CVRT. COMS is a certification that ACVREP does. CADIS for assistive technology specialists is a certification. So they, they have several different certifications and they take time to develop. They do not happen quickly. They do not, they are not rushed into by any means. And part of the process is a, at least a 60-day 
um, public comment period. Once the certification development committee has created those documents that I'm talking about and created a handbook to guide the certification process, with the scope of practice, the body of knowledge, the eligibility criteria, that document goes out for public comment and anyone has the opportunity to comment on what has been written in the proposed handbook for certification. So I know this because we have been working on the one for audio description for three and a half years, and we have gone back to make sure that it was comprehensive, that it covered in, and there was not any kind of implicit bias in our document about whether you had to be cited to be an audio describer. And we, we wanted to go back and make sure that the language was very clear um, about blind or low vision people can be audio describers. They have different strategies and techniques, which is what all about, you know, working in the field, blind and low vision people have different techniques for doing what they do to become certified. So I can absolutely assure you that the process is, is not running on a railroad track that is fast speed out of control. There is no way that a certification process for ACVREP happens quickly. It takes time and it engages many, many people in the process and many opportunities to uh, involve field expert input and comment during the public comment period. So I thought, you know, I think that's very important to understand what the ACVREP process is and, and to, to really look at it as an opportunity for ACB to, to learn more, to understand, to hear all the sides that are out there about why this issue even came up as something that might be helpful to the field to, to get more professionals into the field, to work with more people who are blind and low vision, who are waiting for services all across this country who aren't getting served because of shortages of professionals in the field. So it's a very complicated process, but I can assure you the certification process from ACVREP is a very deliberate process that is, is slow paced and does engage many, many people in the process. So and, Tim, this is Chris, do you know where the OT uh, certification sits within this process you've described? Oh, it's, it's barely started. It's at the infantile places. It's barely, barely well, That's what started. I was wanting to make sure I understood. Okay. I mean, I, there, you know, as far as I know, and I don't, I'm, I'm not engaged, you know, intimately in this topic, but um, as far as I know, there are no circulating drafts of scope of practice, body of knowledge, or eligibility criteria at this point. Okay, um, thanks. Um, Kim, can I ask a question? Oh, this is Renee. Sure. Um, <clears throat> just when 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 it when it says that you well I guess when the term the train has already left the station does it mean like first first the certification has to be studied by a committee of its own before it goes to um, I guess when I a public hearing uh, mm -hmm. this is no not anywhere near that yet though Renee. <sighs> 
Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. The cert- I and they mean the left, that means they've decided they'd like to have a certification. Okay, all right. That's I, I would what agree I with like. Deb's interpretation. It's It may have been a poor turn of phrase, but yeah. I yeah. think it, it basically means, right. you know, we think this but, is important. The field has come to us and asked us to do this, and we're, we're responding. Um, Thank you. Does our field... Always agree one hundred percent with another. Uh, no, um, not always, but but there are people who genuinely believe that there's a severe shortage of qualified professionals, and they don't know what to do to fill the vacancies they have at their agencies. And so this is this is the recommendation that came forward from a lot of these agencies that feel they can't find people to hire. Right. And, and, and so part of the responsibility in developing this would be to develop a correct scope, because I've never heard anyone say that there's not the value in having O&Ms and VRTs and comms and all that stuff. But there's something else, so, um, or potentially something else, and that's what they want to explore. So here's the other piece of this. Um, if ACB does end up needing to Feel it, feeling that it needs to write a resolution after it has um, explored and learned more and gotten more information, then I think it should be its own resolution. And I don't think it should be AER's resolution because AER um, represents professionals in the field. And what I read down here through this doesn't represent what our members would probably be saying about this if they still have those concerns and want to express them. So, I think we need to um, stop and um, and we we can follow the procedure that's, that's part of our bylaw and we could have just said, no, we're not going to hear it because it's late and it didn't have to be. But we wanted to go a step further because we did know that people would have concerns. And we did think that some of those concerns might be valid. Uh, Many, all, we don't know. We haven't really worked that through. So, you know, we, we have a responsibility in ACB to play well with our partners. Now, that doesn't mean we have to agree with them. And it does not mean that we have to always like them. Um, you know, it's kind of like the kind of the discussion we had a little earlier about our relationship to NLS. You know, it's like, yeah, we could go in and bully them and demand whatever, but it's probably not going to work as well as trying to um, negotiate and, and be responsive and express our concerns and not assume, by the way, that we don't have members somewhere in the mix or whatever that are represented in this thing because we haven't. We haven't found that out yet. So, it, it may be that uh, AER has a problem and maybe ACB doesn't, or maybe we both do, or maybe the problems are different. And I don't think we've taken the time to find that out yet. And I think the risk is very high in terms of just uh, rushing forward based on things that we don't know a- as fact. So, um, I would... Uh, strongly encourage the committee to, we're going to, regardless of what happens with this resolution, we're continuing forward with our plan to have uh, shoved everything down the down at general session to make this happen. <laughs> um, we're going to have 
the first of what may be many um, conversations with people, but we're certainly going to have this one, which is going to be on uh, Wednesday of a general session, uh, the 5th. I couldn't think of the date. Um, so we, we will be doing that. Thank you. Are there any other questions from any other committee members? Yeah, so well, I just... Michael, uh, do you disagree with what, what Kim said, how she described the process and where the process is? I mean, or do you have a factual... You think it's further along than, than Kim described, or do you, do you disagree with how she describes the process? Or, you know, I'm trying to figure out uh, what your position is. May I respond, Mr. Chair? Yes, sir, go for it. And, then, right, uh, and then Jeff had a question. Uh, I want to actually thank Kim for doing a good job of explaining the certification process. And I certainly am not going to try to stack my credentials in certification up against hers. Kim is a very impressive person, and she uh, has a very important position on the CADIS certification in chairing the committee. I have not simply been a practitioner certified by ACVREP, however. I have been uh, pretty deeply involved in watching these processes, and I do serve on the subject, uh, on the, uh, subject uh, expert committee uh, for certified orientation and mobility specialist, which is the certification that I hold. We have been involved in redoing the examination that is required for uh, a person becoming a comms. And believe me, Kim, I know how complex the certification process is. Where I would disagree with your analysis respectfully is not to say that all of those processes don't still need to be done. Right now, the subject expert committee has been named for the uh, OT vision uh, endorsement, but it's just beginning to meet. You are absolutely right. The concern is that the ACVREP board of directors and their executive director has said, well, the train has left the station in that we are going to do this. We will receive input from all parts of the field about exactly what the qualification should be, about all of the areas that Kim has covered. But we do think it's a good idea and we are going to do it. And that, I think, is the situation that many people uh, are concerned about is the attitude with which uh, they're going into this and that to date, very little significant input from consumer organizations has been uh, sought or seemingly listened to when it has been given. Uh, I, I really uh, feel that the resolution as written uh, was uh, granted. Uh, I'm the principal uh, drafter, and I did look at the AERBVI resolution when I wrote it. But I would say that more than half of it 
I took stuff out and put in things relating to ACB and consumerism and the need to give consumer input. And I am certainly amenable to largely adjusting the resolution to say ACVREP shouldn't decide for sure that they're going to do this without getting more field input and consumer input first. So the resolution may be a work in progress. I'm sorry it came to you at the last minute, but I wasn't involved in the discussion between Mark and the committee. And I certainly would suggest that Kim and Deb have given a justification to say that it did arise at the last minute because both of them are still arguing that the issue isn't that urgent. There's no real hurry on it. Well, I think personally that I agreed with that analysis in March. And I was absolutely astounded as a close ACVREP watcher about how fast they started moving around the end of April. So uh, in, in terms of whether it's an urgent issue or not, it probably wasn't until after the resolution's deadline. I will close these comments by saying that my parents were charter members of the American Council of the Blind. I grew up in the organization and I am just fine and fully respectful with whatever the committee decides. I'm an ACBer all the way, but I do think that ACB still needs to be able to react to situations that arise near or during convention. And while no, we don't wait until convention to uh, react on something that comes up uh, in October, I was certainly uh, involved when I was a member of the ACB board in writing a number of board resolutions that were passed on issues uh, to deal with the fact that the membership wasn't meeting at that time. But to leave the membership out of it when they could be brought in at an issue that's this important, I just think that they need a chance to consider the resolution and to be the membership organization that we have always been. And I don't think that anything, the way the guidelines have been written or the bylaw was written, need prevent that from happen. I simply ask you to acknowledge that ACVREP has moved into this in a rather non-traditional and unorthodox manner, and that we should have something to say about that. And thank you very much. Mr. Chair. Um, thank you, Michael. Um, I heard Jeff up next. Oh, well, actually, I'm just going to uh, make a very quick comment. I wanted to uh, apologize to Michael and Mark, too, in a way, um, for my uh, unintentional, now that you mention it, I recall this, but mischaracterization of what the committee's discussion was. And that's, for the moment, that's all I want to say. Right, Mr. Chair, um, I don't yeah. want to have a debate with Michael because of the hour and the fact that that's not really appropriate here. But what I do need to say is there are absolutely people who feel differently about whether this should go through. There are organizations, there are professionals, there are consumers who have services. I can't tell you where this stacks up in ACB. That's 
you know, what we would find out after our um, members have an opportunity to learn more about the issues at hand. I think that to just assume that this is a bad idea without studying it is uh, not fair and manipulative to our membership. So we are not preventing members from making a decision. We're actually trying to create an environment where they can make an informed decision. We believe that they that we have time to do that. And I also very much believe that if they do, that they'll make a good decision. And it might or might not agree with mine. That's that's part of how that works. And that's okay. But right now, they only have one piece of this. They don't have um, the other side. And what we need to be about as ACB is about getting services to people who are blind. There is a serious dearth of trained professionals in any field working in that. There is a serious issue of sometimes having people who don't have some training and qualification working in that so that and part of that would know it would be to know where your role stops just as much as where it starts. And we also have, you know, situations, I mean, we have situations all over the country where the need is incredibly great. So, I I know there's some fear that's understandable in in the profession that somehow if if an other profession were allowed to do some of the work, and particularly with the possibility that that profession... Uh, sometimes is eligible, often is eligible for some medical reimbursement, that this would make agencies not use the other certified people that are there. And I have no idea what would make ACVREP want to create a certification that forces its other um, certified folk um, out of the biz. That, that wouldn't make any sense and we would want to rise up. But all I'm saying is that that Rather than put forward a resolution without information, without this is a major enough issue, and we and we do have time to do that. If we pass this, it's not going to change what ACVREP does. In fact, it could have the effect of putting a wedge, a, a greater wedge between us. So, I mean, that would be a political risk for this organization. And if we needed to take it, do choose to take it, then that is what we will do as an organization. But I would ask that before we do, that we follow the process we agreed to. Um, we adhere to this bylaw. We move forward. The fact that they did something in April, this is a glacier. So, as Kim pointed out, whatever they did in April is still not coming to fruition anytime soon. So, I, I believe there is an opportunity to uh, to try to open a dialogue, uh, try to work that process through if we do it in a, a politically careful, careful manner. And if we at the same time take the opportunity to, to educate our consumers about all sides of this issue, because there is another side. So, uh, I, I just really want to have that opportunity, and uh, we need the committee to decide what it wants to do, I guess. And, and given that, and given the hour, is there somebody that would like to make a motion one way or another about this? So, Gabe, this is, this is Mark, um, if I may. Uh, hello, Mark. Hey, Mark. 
So the first um, thing I want to say we're running, is that we're I yeah, think that um, there may be some people who think that I enjoy being a troublemaker. And if you think that about me, then you really don't know me because honestly, it really, really, really is a struggle for me. So much like Mr. Byington, yours truly grew up at least professionally in this organization. So whatever I've done, what the positions I take or the things that I care passionately about, maybe too passionately are things that this organization has taught me through personal and professional relationships with it. Um, so I, I, I hope everyone understands that no matter how we feel about it. I very much, you know, look, I mean, could, could I have brought the resolution before the deadline? Sure. In a certain sense, this topic, it, not only would the resolution would have been late uh, after whatever it was, April 19th, it would have been late 30 years ago because this topic of occupational therapists being involved in this field has been around for at least that long, if not longer. The real question is, what is this field's response going to be? How do we relate to the whole business of preserving specialized services in an environment, frankly, where the rest of the world has moved on and this field hasn't? Now, there have been lots of attempts over the course of time to bring all of us together around various strategies. Carl Augusto tried it. Some folks in ACB tried it. There's been lots of efforts over the course of time, but they have always been about the super hard work of bringing a gazillion people together to meet for years and get super frustrated because nothing happened. I understand why ACV or EP had the motivation or the, the emotion behind wanting to move forward with a decision to do something without that process. I mean, those of you who know me also know that I can be super impatient. I totally relate to it. The problem is what ACV or EP has decided to do. It's not whether they're going to do it. They are going to do it. And what they're talking about is you know, the shape of the cookie. It's not about whether they're going to bake it. They're baking it. It's in the oven. The, the, the question, it, it seems to me, is what is that going to look like? And they've already decided to do it. As far as I know, I know of no ACB leader, elected or otherwise, who in any official capacity was reached out to by the ACB or EP community, the, the, either their elected folks, their staff, I know for certain that's not happened at the AER level prior to making a determination that, yep, we're going to do this regardless of what the opposition is. Is there disagreement in the field? You bet. But the question really is, should they have done that without any formal work of bringing the various organizations together? This resolution, which I didn't introduce, although I'm pleased that others feel strongly about it and want this committee to possibly consider only asks one thing, should ACV or EP have done that? Should they have reached out to not only this organization, but other organizations to engage in that conversation before they do it? I mean, this principle of nothing about us without us, it's a pretty core value. It's a pretty core emotional feeling. I, maybe we can all get together and debate the contours of what this new certification might look like. But that's really the motivation behind this. 
And I think it really would make a lot of sense for this organization to move forward with a statement that clearly says, whether it's ACD or EP or anybody else, that before you start, whoever you are, before, before you move forward about services that are intended for us, that you talk with us about it before we make that decision. The last thing I will say is that I am super pleased that a number of organizations are being invited to meet uh, at the convention this summer. Pleased to see AER, just heard about this in the last day or so, that AER will be involved, we'll be meeting uh, soon to talk about who our representative will be uh, at the convention to represent AER's interests uh, there. But you know that's, a, that's about the substance of this, whether this certification makes sense. This resolution is about whether we believe that people can go ahead and make decisions about what they intend to do for us Mark, and to us without to asking our um, opinion first. Thanks so much. Thank you. Um, okay. <clears throat> and I guess since we're about three minutes away from the top of the hour, my question to uh, our Zoom hosts and streamers, if we went over a couple of minutes, are we permitted to do that? Because we're going to have to take a vote on this. So it might take a couple of minutes. Are we permitted to go beyond the top of the hour? I don't think we can be on ACB radio, but can we stay on Zoom at uh, least Nikki, and do this? Can, Nikki and Herbie, can you guys stay another ten extra 10 minutes? I can stay as long as you need me. Okay. <laughs> so let's Nikki? go for right. fine. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's try to. Thanks. We, we appreciate that. We've kept them um, a long time. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate it. We're trying to go here. Um, so. Do we get paid overtime though? Time. I mean, that's. Yeah. 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 Overtime. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. More love. Time. You're getting an extra box of ramen noodles in the mail. Oh, okay. That, yeah. that, 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 that time and good. a half. And, time and a half. Unfortunately, 1.5 times zero is still zero. The mathematical certainty. So. We've all heard. Several arguments on both sides of this, I think. Uh, would somebody like to make a motion uh, one way or other? I make a motion. This is Chris. I make a motion that we, in fact, hear the resolution, but that we, sub uh, we schedule a another meeting to do so. Um, because obviously we're out of time now. Right. Yes. Whatever decision. Yeah, second. If, if we, uh, yeah. I was just going to second. Okay, and I heard a second there. Um, yeah, obviously, <coughs> if if that motion passes, we would be meeting on Tuesday evening to take up the resolution. Um, tonight's vote is simply whether or not to even take it up. So um, I think we've heard quite a bit of debate on either side. Does anybody have anything they need to say that hasn't been said yet? Are you taking raised hands or just hearing from the committee? Um, unless committee wants so to hear have several hands. This is Michael. I have a question. Okay, um, ahead, uh, and on, I'm sorry. We, we, we do have raised hands. So I'd like to know what. Yeah, uh, Michael's on the committee, though. Oh, Michael's okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. Your, it's all right. It's okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm sorry for my ignorance of the process, but it would seem to me that if we're going to have this cool education opportunity to educate members about the issue, 
that that would be absolutely the time to bring a resolution forward. And all I want to know is, are we voting on resolutions before the presentation would happen? I believe yeah. so. Yes. yes. So this would be voted on. The process would be that this would be voted on um, in the those nights um, uh, before. So that would be the twentieth, twenty first, or twenty second. And if okay. oh, wait, oh, let me finish. There's more. If the if the uh, resol if the resolution were to require a record vote, um, then it would be voted on on on. Uh, Wednesday afternoon basically would be the um, the record vote and the report out, of course, on Thursday. So that would be after the presentation. But Mr. Oh, Chairman, this resolution is about whether we are concerned about the process up to this point. We're, we're not, 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 we're not, doing not this whether anymore. we agree that so, OTs should be certified right, in this oh, fashion. Right. And that's, that's, Mark, that's fair too. Okay. Can I, Mark, can I debate us simply on whether or not we should hear the resolution, not necessarily on the which is exactly what I'm arguing for, Gabe. Thanks. <sighs> okay. Quite a personal privilege, if I may. Uh, as someone who did drafting on this, Mark is uh, talking about the original AER draft and probably some incarnation he saw of it as I was working on it. Uh, however, I did have, representing a view, I admit, of my own, uh, a... Uh, Clause, uh, resolve clause, encouraging ACVREP simply not to certify outside of categorical areas. And I certainly would be amenable to withdrawing that where uh, that resolve clause if that were a problem and the resolution were being discussed. Thank you. Okay. Well, if if this motion passes, then we'll be doing all the editing of it next week so we can take all that up you know any additions subtractions of clauses up at that point if, if it's possible <laughs> any other committee comments on this so i have a question and who's um, sorry and i'm and, and it's just Donna. Is more, that Donna? It, yes okay i'm just Go trying ahead. to understand as much as i can before i make a choice so I, I did hear Deb say and we're, that we're going to educate the, uh, the body on this. Why, what would be the point in bringing the resolution forward if we're going to do that? And didn't, and, and maybe I heard wrong, didn't I hear said also that if a resolution necessary after we heard the education that that could be done or was i wrong on that so it wouldn't be a resolution but action could be taken okay yeah, but acb as an organization doesn't have to wait just yeah to take a to, to yeah. do a resolution and take action acb yeah, that's, the, that's what i thought that's what i'm committees can can take some kind of action anytime during the year yeah that's what i thought that's why i was asking my question because I originally that, I a minute ago said I, I had a uh, that I was going to bring forth a um, yeah yeah so, and I believe before that I was take a vote, Gabe. I just want to mention that I have not been voting on any resolution issues, even though I've been operating in my co-chair role, and I will not be voting on this one for the same reason. Okay, and uh, and and yeah, I think that was the original you know discussion that this committee had, like. Two, three right. weeks ago. Exactly. But I just wanted to make yeah, a public um, 
yeah, public yeah, yeah. acknowledgement. I, I do appreciate that acknowledgement. But no, in, in response to what Donna had said there, that you know, the what had been decided during the committee discussion a few weeks ago was um, that uh, you know we would do this learning session and have speakers come in and and do stuff and then be able to decide at that point what response AC, ACB should take. Um, so, um, you know, just to kind of answer your question, any other comments or questions from committee members? And we are now at, um, we're like three after the hour. So, um, and since this is a committee vote, I'm inclined to say no on raised hands unless I hear an overwhelming disagreement from committee members that want to hear from raised hands. Unless you want raised hands for the vote of the committee members. Mine is well, based no, I'm, I'm talking about point of information. I know what you're talking about, but I'm, I'm yeah, saying. But we still have hands up of people who want to talk. And yeah, no, we're, we have yeah. several hands up from non-committee members wanting to speak. That's. Uh, you know, if we start to hear from some, then we're probably going to have to hear from a bunch, and we'll be here for the next yeah. forever. So, um, we have two. So, I, I, I'm a, two. a little confused at this point. Are you asking for a motion at this point? Yeah, we have a motion. We have a motion on the floor that we take up this resolution, and that we would uh, have a uh, second meeting oh, for it, or an additional meeting for it next Tuesday. Hey, Gabe, it's okay, Michael. Sorry, and I'm sorry to interrupt. My phone's fading in now. I missed it. Okay, <laughs> thank you. I really need. I really. I really need to leave. So I want to vote yes on this resolution when the vote happens. Uh, if I can put a vote on record, but I have a hard stop that I've got to. Yeah, go we we need to vote pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, anyway. let's yeah. Vote. Let's yep. do it. It's just, uh, so, okay. Um. So sorry for folks that have your hands up. Um. But uh, okay. All so we'll go ahead and call. I think I've basically heard a call for the question. So all in favor of uh, the committee taking up this resolution and having an additional meeting next Tuesday, say aye. 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 Anybody opposed, say nay. Okay. Uh, I believe it's pretty overwhelming. We will have another meeting next Tuesday. So um yeah, but you we able don't to conflict put in... with Constitution, do we? No, that will be on Thursday. Okay, that's what I thought. We, we cannot yeah, meet on checking. Thursday. Right. No, I'm not going to let us do that. <laughs> we can meet on Tuesday. They will meet on Thursday. If we were to need another Tuesday, we could do that. But we've, I've got to cut would, us off hope, after next Tuesday because yeah. of the commitments that we have for mm, yep. uh, processing and, material. And I would hope that we would be able to get this done in one night. So. Um, I'm sure we will. We will, because we will. That's right. We're going to crack the whip. And I would would propose we have heard enough debated for and against, so I would propose that we just simply move with our uh, probably almost performa. Well, I don't know about performa, but I would move that we, or I would suggest we move straight to having a a motion for whatever recommendation, uh, vote on that, and then move straight into... uh, editing it or you know hearing it and editing it and such. you know gabe if i could suggest the opposite because some people may yeah, want to vote one way or the I, other i think we should edit it yeah. first gabe. Yeah. yeah i think so too see if we have okay. consensus yeah. on the text okay so that'll help a we'll lot move, i think yeah so we'll move straight into uh in that case we'll move straight into editing it and then 
that have a vote on it. Very good. Thank Work you. For everyone. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 All right. Good night, everyone. Good night.